good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we are first going to start off with reading from Psalms 23 uh, to introduce this new song that, we're go that I'm going to share, a song that was written by uh, Chris Tomlin. Um, if you get an opportunity to listen to the Ho Holy Roar live album, he has some beautiful music that was uh, inspired, that God inspired him to write that has just uh, been a favorite of mine um, over the last few weeks, just to be able to listen to how God inspired him, and a lot of it is just straight from the scripture. So Psalms 23 by, uh, by, uh, by the author David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, Lord, you are my shepherd. You make me lie in fields of green. You lead me by the still waters. You restore righteousness to me. Though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil thing. For you are with me, and you comfort me. Surely goodness, love, and mercy will follow Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Adam, for introducing a new song about a timeless truth. And what a, what a beautiful psalm. It's the most recognizable of all the psalms. And to sing the words from that and, and remind us that God is leading us and God is there to take care of us. I love the imagery of the shepherd. So thank you for joining us online and in person for worship. It's good to be in God's house. It's good to come together to worship. I'm excited about that. I will make this announcement. I usually don't, I usually don't like to do this, okay? Just, just tell you. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, if you haven't given to the mission-only offering 
that on if you've got the Bible app up, remember you can get on the Bible app and you can or you can go to the website and it's got a giving link and you can give to the mission only offering. And so I'd appreciate that if you if you haven't done that, if you would, we'll take a dollar, we'll take five. As I told the online, uh, the in-house audience earlier, we take a thousand. Okay, it's going to help IBSA and the mission work that they do, church planting, uh, coming along churches like ourselves, and and helping us do our jobs a little bit better. And so it's about reaching the people around us that are lost with the gospel. And how do we do that? And so how do we do that as as the Baptist churches of Illinois? How do we do that? as Emmanuel Baptist Church. So thank you for coming and thank you for joining with us. Encourage you to, to share this out online later on if you're in here or share it with yourself with people that are online now and encourage them to watch with you. So we're going to worship God. We're going to go back to the music. And first of all, we're going to pray. All right. So if you would join with me in prayer. Father, it is it is good. Father, that that you care for us. Father, that you watch over us, that you guide us. Father, I, I know, and, and I just confess, Lord, I don't always want to go where you want me to go. I don't always want to follow. And Father, I pray that you would forgive me of that. Father, I pray for others that are listening, Lord. Father, that they too would, would seek that forgiveness, Lord, so their relationship could be made right with you. Father, I pray that as we go through this service, that the words that are sung, the words that are spoken would Touch our hearts, Lord. Father, to lead us, to, to deepen our relationship with you, to strengthen our relationship. Father, I pray for that person, Lord, who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that today, or whenever they watch this, Lord, it might be the day that, Father, that the walls come down and they accept you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 11, chapter. Follow along in the Bible app if you've got that. The verses are in there. 
I mean, the 11th chapter there. Uh, and I, I'll preface this, and we'll get back to it a little bit later. This, is, this has some difficulties in this chapter, but I, I want you to think about that song we just sang, Holy, Holy is the Lord, Almighty, Lord God Almighty. And what a powerful statement that is. I don't, I, I'm, for those of you who are online watching, I'm standing next to my wife who can sing much better than I can, and, and I'm just watching her moments immersed in the song. Uh, eyes closed and, and her focus not on anybody in here, but on the one who she's singing about. And that's what we want to talk about this morning is our worship focus. All right? That's where I want to take this, this passage of Scripture, this chapter, and talk about our worship focus. We talk about heaven. We, we, you know, I, I, hear, I hear people talk about heaven and, and they're talking about fishing, they're talking about golfing and and I'm going to ride my motorcycle, right? That's, you know, that's how it works. Um, I'm reminded as, as we were sitting here singing the Revelation song that in the book of Revelation, there's not any references to fishing. There's not any references to golf. Of course, it wasn't invented yet. And there definitely wasn't any reference to motorcycling. You know what they were missing. Um, I'm not really sure what kind of roads Patmos had when Paul John wrote that. So, or when, yeah, John wrote that. And so I say that to say this. The book of Revelation focuses on worship. Really does, right? We want to worship. I mean, it's, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm reading that, it's just the, the beautiful imagery that it has of us standing before the King of Kings. Not, not with a thorn on his head, not with blood running out of his hands, but in all of his glory, we stand before the king. And so I, I want us to think about that. I want, that's what this is prefaced on, the idea of, of worshiping him. So yesterday I flipped on the television set, and you know what I found on, I think it was Channel 2? I found the Cardinal baseball game. You know, I think today is hopefully the last day of the season for the Cardinals. There's two games that they might have to make up. Maybe not. We, if they win, we won't worry about it. And then the playoffs start. And, and you know, baseball is not the same. Uh, all, you know, although those cardboard people are paying as much attention as some other people at the ball game. <laughs> you know, so think about that. Um, Cardboard people there. I see you on TV. I, I didn't look to see if somebody's on their phone. Do you see me? That kind of thing. Um, but it, it is baseball season. I was reminded as I, as I was walking through this text, don't ask, okay? But as I was walking through this text, I was reminded of the rally squirrel. Some of you are chuckling. Some of you are going to scratch your head. <laughs> you know, the rally squirrel came from 2011. And the Cardinals were in the playoffs against Philadelphia. A squirrel shows up in the outfield. It interrupts play. And if you've been at a ball game, whenever something like that happens, all of a sudden, everybody's not focusing on the game. They're focusing on the, in this case, the squirrel. And later on, that squirrel made an appearance and ran across to home, home plate. Uh, safe, I guess. Uh, um, but anyway, the squirrel, again... The pitcher's pitching, and all of a sudden there's a squirrel running across home plate. So there's a little bit of controversy about that. The squirrel actually shows up in Philadelphia. I guess the Cardinals took it with them on the team plane, but the squirrel shows up. It's a rally squirrel. I, I was reading about this. The, world, the rally squirrel actually had Twitter followers in the thousands. Okay, amazing how this happens, right? And, and the Cardinals went on to win uh, the World Series against the the Texas Rangers, so it was a big deal having this rally squirrel. But here's the thing. When the rally squirrel showed up, it wasn't about baseball anymore. It was about the squirrel. Right? So, so think about that. That's how my mind worked. We're going to read here the 11th chapter. Uh, we're going to read just a portion of it. And I, I will, we'll, talk, we'll reference some of the other stuff, but we're going to pick it up in the 16th verse of the 11th chapter, and there's some good stuff following, and there's good stuff in front of it. I'm just going to read this and trust that you'll read the rest of it as, as the afternoon goes on. So let's read it here. But if one is inclined to be contentious, 
we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. Let's talk about the idea of coming together. Let's talk about the idea of coming together. So there are two kind of discussions going on here as you read through the 11th chapter. The first part of the 11th chapter talks about hats or head coverings for, the, for women. And I, I will tell you that this passage of Scripture, its sole purpose was to justify big hats in church on women and no hats on men. And a matter of fact, when the 60s happened, this was boom. This all of a sudden, this long forgotten scripture became very important because long hair is in there. All right, so, so just, I don't want to talk about hats, nor do I want to talk about long hair. But I do want to talk about them coming together. The latter part of this chapter is a reference to the Lord's Supper and how they participated in the Lord's Supper. If we were doing a Lord's Supper, if we were in the act of observing a Lord's Supper, this is likely the passage of Scripture that I read about, how the Lord takes the bread, He breaks it and hands it, and this is my body, and then the cup, and this is, a, this is His blood, okay? Represent. I would read those passages of Scripture. It goes on a little bit further and talks about how they partake of the Lord's Supper and their attitudes. Again, when I'm following the flow of the book, the theme of the book, uh, this letter that Paul writes to the church at, of God at Corinth, I want to come back to that because in the midst of that, I can, you know, it's like all of a sudden Paul just took off on this little tangent. He wants to get on his soapbox and talk about head coverings, and he went against on his soapbox and talk about the Lord's Supper. That's not it at all. It's tied in to what he's dealing with, okay? It's tied in to this idea and this reference of what's going on in the church. Remember, we've talked about a me-centered attitude that they've had. And that continues on in this area that he's addressing with this, this coming together. So, earlier in the chapter, we didn't read this, but you'll read that as you read through the chapter he talks about they're praying, they come together for praying and prophesying. I'm going to guess that we don't often use that word. When we come to church, we're going to come together to pray and prophesy. Well, we use that word preach. So if I want to break it down and look at some of the other translations, this is, this is it in a nutshell. We're going to come together. We came together. Why? I don't know. What do you think about when you think about coming to church? I hope it has good thoughts. Really do. I hope that, you, that you're excited about going to church. Uh, you know, that, you, that, that somebody didn't drag you here. If you got drug here, let me know. Okay? We'll, we'll talk about that. I didn't see any skin. I was out at the door. Nobody was, was being drug up there. But it is... When I think of that, when, when he's talking about this, it is we come together to speak with God. That's what we do when we pray, right? We speak with God, the God that created all of us. We get to come together and speak with Him. And He has time to listen to us. And I know that even though there's thousands of other churches, hundreds of thousands of other churches written around the world, people at home who can't do church, they're praying. And God has the time to listen to each one of us. And he doesn't say, well, gosh, you're, you know, that's a really small group. Let me listen to the louder voice over here of the larger church. Now, that's not what's happening. We're not, we're not impeding anybody's access, and no one else is impeding our access to the throne of God to speak to him. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, if you want to talk to me later on, you're going to have to wait your turn because I can't talk to all of you at one time. God can. God can. 
speak, we come to speak with God, and we come to speak about God. We come to speak about God. Hang on a second. Do I, am I good? Bring me another mic. Okay, is this better? All right. We'll rewind. Take two. We come together to speak with God, and we come together to speak about God. The words in the song, we were speaking about God. The words that I'm going to present to you today, we're going to speak about God. We're going to speak about God. So that's why the church of God at Corinth came together. That's why the church of Emmanuel, the church of God in Emmanuel, in Carlinville, that's why we come together to speak with God corporately and to speak about God so we can develop a deepening relationship and understand of the God who saved us. I don't, I, I'd like to stand before him and, and, and at least know something about who he is, right? I'm going to learn much more about him when I stand before him, but I don't want to have to walk around and say, is that God? You know, I, I want to be able to recognize him because I know enough about him that when I end up in his court, it will be obvious. He won't have to have a name tag on. I'll know who he is because I've learned about him in church. They also came together for the Lord's Supper. They also came together for the Lord's Supper and to remember what Jesus did for them. I mean, we can't forget that, right? We can't forget what Jesus did. We're in a time now where it's very difficult to, to partake of the Lord's Supper. The deacons are going to bandy that question around. How do we do the Lord's Supper in light of all of the, the, the germy stuff, right? And, and, and how do we do that safely? No churches have done it. Matter of fact, when they were online, one of, the, one of the churches, they just said, you go out and get your own juice of some kind and, and grab a cracker, all right? That's how we're, we're going to just do Lord's Supper that way. It was, uh, it said one of the guys had orange juice, okay? That worked. All right. So, so anyway, we, we want to remember that he gave his body, his body on the, on the cross. He shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He came and gave his body and shed his blood so that we might have eternal life. That's what they came together for, and that's what we come together for. Now, Paul makes an interesting observation here, an interesting accusation. You, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like somebody coming up and telling you, you know, you've been driving on a flat tire all this time. You're not doing things as you're supposed to. He said you come together for the worse. You come together for the worse. So, flip the slides there. You come together for the worse. The first part of the 11th chapter has to do with, with apparently women were coming uncovered, their heads uncovered, into church. So I don't know what all that means. As a matter of fact, one of the, the commentaries that I read to try to get smarter and educated on here so I could look like a genius left me not to look like a genius. All right? So, so they, it's kind of set up for the fall. What it said in there was, was this, that there were customs that they were, that Paul spoke to, that they knew about, that nobody wrote down for us. You know, have you ever, you ever listened to somebody, talk to somebody, and you know that they know both sides know something you don't know, and it doesn't make any sense to you? And, and, you, and maybe you have the opportunity to say, I didn't understand a word of what you guys were talking about. Could you explain it? And they explain the story to you. Well, Paul's gone, and so is the church of God at Corinth. So we can't ask for clarification. But this I want you to know, that whatever they were doing was drawing attention away from why they were there. It, it was as if they were wearing a rally squirrel on their head, okay? 
Everybody got caught up in, in they had not been covered or being covered. I don't know if they were trying to make a, 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 a statement. You know, today a lot of times we, we show up at things and we want to make a statement about what we believe in, and, and maybe that's what they were doing. But what happened here is th whatever they were doing drew the focus away from why we come to worship. The reference to the rally squirrel. All of a sudden, it was a big deal. If you watch enough old movies, you'll see in the movies where they, they kind of poke at the ladies who showed up in church with the hat that was deep and wide. They could have sang the song with the hat, right? Okay? And, 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 and heaven forbid you sit behind that person, right? Because you couldn't see past them. It draws attention away from why we are here. Think about that. Paul, Paul wants you to come together to do what? To focus on God. Paul wants to address anything that would impede that going on. Paul wants to address that. And, and so here's what Paul is aiming at. Reminding us of why we come to church. We come together to worship Him. We come together to focus our attention on holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. Not on one another. I don't want to be the one who impedes your access and your focus on God. And neither should they. You see, we're talking to a group of people who had been about what? Themselves, hadn't they? How's this gift benefit me? If I can eat the meat because this, it's me, right? It's my right. These were the things that they were tied up in. That I can do this and I don't have to respond to that. All because of their own rights, their own me-centeredness. And Paul reminds them that when you gather together, it's not just you that's gathered together. It's a lot of other people who need to be able to have access to the throne. And you don't need to be the rally squirrel running around the church drawing attention someplace else. And you think about the Lord's Supper. We, we do it a little bit differently than they did it back then. They couldn't go to the local Christian bookstore and buy that wafer of stuff that didn't taste like anything, and they didn't have this little tiny cup that was already made so that you would just get enough to wet your tongue but not to wash down the cracker. That's how that works, right? And you, you look at that glass, and you just put that wafer in your mouth, and you're going, you look at that glass, and you're going, it is not enough in there. Right, really, it's not enough. Or, or maybe, maybe you get the, the one the deacon only half-filled, right? He doesn't like me, okay? <laughs> okay. That's kind of how that works out, right? That's how we do it. Back then, as they did it when Jesus did it, it was bread and it was wine. And, and have you ever come together, you ever come to church hungry? Yeah. I mean, we're Baptists, Right? We come together to eat. You know, it's, it's you know, I, I kind of joke, don't be offended here, with our, our group as we get together as an association. It seems that we can't get together unless we're going to eat food. And, you know, church, we can't do that every Sunday. But if we could, we would, right? Okay? And we'd have food. Matter of fact, matter of fact when I wander around the, um, the, the Sunday school classrooms on a normal Sunday, I note which class I'd really like to be in, and usually it's one of the kids' class because they, they have snacks, right? Little Debbie things, Pop-Tarts, you know, um, cinnamon rolls, donuts, you know, there, there, there's food involved. There's food involved. And every once in a while you walk into one of the adult classes because they're not they're not proud. They'll have food too. And in there, it's not prepackaged food. It's usually homemade rolls or something like that. So that is even, you know, so, so this group of people, when they came together for the worse, they came together hungry and thirsty. They didn't come to remember God. They didn't come to remember what he did on the cross for them. They looked at the food on the table and said, man, I was hungry. So they'd have, they'd have food and they'd have, they'd have drink. 
And as a matter of fact, that, that verse that we read says it, they had enough drink. How many cups, if that were filled up with wine, would it take you in our little communion thing to get drunk? I don't want an answer. So, you know, think about that. These people came together, and when they did it, somehow, again, a, a portion that I don't quite understand, that the writers as they're looking at, the, those, the, the, the scholars as they're looking at, quite can't explain it so that I can understand it, is they came together, and the people who had, they were able to have enough. And then there were some people who did not have enough. And it, again, it Instead of bringing them together, it divided them. So that was what was going on inside the church of God at Corinth. You see why Paul had a problem with that? You see why we should have a problem with that? When church is about what you might wear on your head or about what you wear, and when church is about your stomach and your thirst, we've lost it. We have lost the focus on where it ought to be. We're watching the rally squirrel in, the, in, instead of the, the game. That's what's going on, our attention. And who wants to get our attention off of the path that we're walking? Satan does, right? You get that? You see why Satan might have been totally comfortable with what was going on at the church of God in Corinth? Because eventually, long enough, when you forget why you've come together, you forget you don't need to exist. When you walk in as a visitor in need of Christ, and you see that it's not about Jesus, it's about that thing on your head or the thing not on your head, and it's a place to come. Well, it's a buffet line. That's what this is. I don't know why you call it church. Why don't you just call it buffet? Why don't you just call it Ryan's, right? And so that person comes in, they don't get Jesus because not everybody's focused on that. They're focused on other things. We need to be about focusing on Christ so when people come in, they see that we came to do what? To talk with God, to speak with God, and speak about God. It's what they need to hear and see. In the church of God at Corinth, it was missing. Paul says you don't come together for the better, you come together for the worse. Let's look at the example that the church of God at Corinth provides for us, and let's focus on the better. Okay, How do we become better? We move the focus from us, and we move it to God, don't we? That's what's got to happen. That's what's got to happen. What here was the focus was on them. We're going to take a lesson. We look around at other churches, see what they're doing, right? I mean, I've looked online to see what other churches are doing with their online presence, so maybe we can do this a little bit better. Maybe we need to tweak something. I'm not afraid to look at it, and I'm not also afraid to look back in the Bible and look at the churches and see what they did right, and see what they did wrong. And this is a case where it is pointed out to us by Paul that they're doing it wrong. And I want, and I hope you want, to do it right. Our focus has to be on God. As I was, as I was thinking about this passage of Scripture and, and the lesson that it teaches, do you remember the, the encounter that Jesus had with the woman at the well recorded for us in John chapter 4? In there, there's a reference about, there's a, she comments, well, we worship here and you worship there. And, and Jesus answered, and this is one that, that Dr. Page pointed out one time when we were thinking, use this as a little devotion. And it always stuck with me. Because what are we trying to become? We are trying to become true worshipers. It's why we come together to worship him. We're not going to go to heaven to do a round of golf with God. God doesn't need golfing buddies or fishing buddies. God designed us. We were created to be worshipers. That's why we come together.
That's why we come together, is to be true worshipers. And I'm telling you that there are times when our attention gets drawn someplace else. We have an enemy working to do that. Sometimes we draw the attention someplace else. Sometimes we don't come for the right reason. We come to fill our stomach or to, you know, in the past, in the side, you know, this was something in, in um, oh, Russell Moore's book, Onward, Onward, I believe it was. And maybe you're aware of this. There were certain businessmen who went to church because that meant they would have people from the church support their business. Okay? We may not come together to abuse the Lord's Supper, but oftentimes we come together for the wrong purpose. We need to think about why we're coming. Because guess what? When you come for the wrong reasons, you don't come back filled with God. It makes a difference when we truly, truly worship before his throne. I'm going to invite you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't know you don't understand what it means that he died for you. I'm going to invite you to, to know Jesus and ask that question. You can ask it online. You can contact me. If you bring up the Bible app or find the email address for the church, you can email it. You don't have to put it out there on Facebook for everybody. You can also come to me here and, and ask that question if you don't know Jesus. But I want us to walk away today having focused on God. Remember those nine verses that we started out with? He sanctified you. He has given you grace. Those first nine verses talk about not what you've done, but what he has done for us. In our position, because of his position on the cross. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, thank you for the, the truth. Lord, I try as best as I can in this place to be a true worshiper, to worship you, to focus on you. And Father, I, I know that when I stand before your throne, there will be much, much difference between now and then. And Father, because I'll see you in all of your glory, Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd remove move that veil to the side today that we might see some of that glory. Father, that we might truly put our hearts, our mind, our soul, and our strength upon you, Lord, to worship you with all that we have. Father, to understand what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. And though I'm weak and poor, and all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you All about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it And it's all about you All about you, Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you.
all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. So this week, we pray that you will make it all about him, that you will uh, make him the focus of your worship. Don't let the other things distract you throughout this week. And one way you can do that this week, uh, the scripture that Pastor Cliff is going to be uh, studying as, as we study in our homes. I can't read that at all. Click the slide, Dave. All right. So this week, Acts 3 through 4, Habakkuk. Uh, Psalm 37 through 38 and Proverbs 6. So you have plenty of, of scripture to study, uh, to dive deeper in your relationship with God. And, um, and we'll be studying that stuff with you. So look forward to what uh, God reveals to us throughout this week and an opportunity to gather back together next Sunday as we worship him through song and through his word. Thank you. <laughs>